Law Focus Podcast. Listening to Law Focus? Connect with VALFAM88.1 on Twitter and Facebook. Be your own lawyer. As promised last week, um, Tuesday evening, um, I promised you that I would be back this week, and I am back. Welcome to Law Focus, the show with the staunch focus on the law. The name is Basil Sharinda, and I'm a voice of the law for the evening. I mean, how many times have you and I found ourselves in trouble with the law, and we didn't know what to do? And I think that, I think that's the times when our society actually hates lawyers because it's very expensive. Um, and, and most of the time there's an issue of, and I don't know where this lies, and I think that this is going to be a discussion for later, that there's an, there's an issue of quality in legal delivery. Mm, there's a law student, I don't know what, how to comment to that. But this evening we are discussing the advantages of self-representation in court and disadvantages thereof, uh, particularly with a staunch uh, focus on what the Legal Aid of South Africa, uh, which has sponsored uh, this show, is doing. Um in the work that they do, in the mandates that which they are granted by the Legal Aid uh, Act, uh, that which provides them with powers to represent South Africans who fall within their means test. So the Legal Aid, uh, for, by and large, is is equivalent to is equivalent to to a legal clinic or to to a law clinic. And what they do is that they represent people who cannot afford their own lawyers. And that is, you must fall within their means test. To fall within their means test, the the typical way would be that you must be unemployed. Um, The other way uh, is that you must earn less than a certain amount. And and, and we're going to have legal aid tell us um, um, in in, in broad strokes how much that is. But in general, it would be uh, uh, less than 5,000 rands. Um, that is, you would be an employee either as a domestic worker or within the retail space um, or the textile space, and you wouldn't afford uh, to find yourself um, a lawyer. And so this evening, uh, we are looking at that. We are looking at self-representation, and I think it's, it's quite an exciting concept for anyone out there who has rather read on the law or studied the law. And I think most people will be like, no, in actual fact, being a lawyer is not that difficult. They are, they are, they are costly for no good reason. And some people can argue that um, they can they can represent themselves in court and win their own cases uh, because sometimes lawyers lie about what are the merits of the case and what are the ways in which they can win their cases, right? So... You have that on one side, right? And then so on the other side, you have legal aid saying, you know, in actual fact, if you find yourself in trouble, come to us. Come to us and we'll represent you. So Legal Aid South Africa is an independent statutory body. As I've told you, it has been established in terms of the Legal Aid South Africa Act. Um, and their primary mandate is to ensure access to justice and to realize the right of a person to have legal representation. Uh, and this is also found in Section 35 of the Constitution. Um and they also make available uh, legal aid, legal advice at no cost. Basically, that's what they say. Um, and that's what law clinics also do. And their primary objectives are those. And they also provide e- education and information. And this show is one of the ways in which they provide the final mandate. Um, so we're going to have all of these discussions about the advantages, disadvantages of representing yourself. And I think that's going to be a very interesting topic uh, for not just for myself sitting here next to the mic uh, in, in the context of Bramfontein, bringing you the best of legal advice. But before that, let's get into our legal hotspots for the evening.
Rounding up all, all the top stories of the week. It's Legal Hotspots. Welcome back to your point of legal information. Uh, for Illegal Hotspots this evening, we're looking at three stories. Uh, and I think the one that touches at the very core of our jurisprudence, or rather post-democratic constitutionalism, is, is the fact that Parliament is actually fighting against the International Association of Athletics Federation, which is an international body that uh, regulates athletics in the world. Um, and they're actually uh, uh, trying to protect Casta Semenya. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about uh, another interesting story. There's, there's a gentleman called Mduduzi Manana, who is now a member of parliament of the African National Congress, uh, but was previously the deputy, min- deputy minister in, in the cabinet of higher education, um, who has, who has th- rather is trying to uh, take his domestic worker to court for extortion. <laughs> An interesting case there. Uh, the third one is 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 rather a build up on our previous legal hotspots on 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 community land rights or rather community man, mining rights. So, for example, if there's a mine in the in in the community, uh, do you have the as a, as a society as a community do you have the right to ever say as to how these mining rights are going to be um, are going to be exploited? Right, and so this the, the high court is trying to determine whether that is the case or it is not. <laughs> so the legal hospitals for this evening are actually quite packed. Um, but it, to, to also give you a prelude, next week we'll have Miss Masia Shothia, who is a, a legal a law student at the West University, and she'll be sharing uh, sharing legal hospitals with us for this evening. It's me and you, legal um, law focused listener. For our first story, a parliament has condemned these regulations by the International Association of Athletics Federation, uh, saying that the regulations are discriminating against and targeting particularly Casta Semenya. So, so here's the, the context of the, of the rules, right? These rules have been introduced to say that, um, to, to say that whoever who has higher testosterone or does not have a normal testosterone for a woman, which is a very interesting concept. If you don't have a higher testosterone for a woman, uh, you would find yourself in a space where, or rather if you have higher testosterone than normal women, then you become, apparently you become faster in athletics. Um, and therefore as a result, the, 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 these rules are trying to change that because they believe that these rules will bring about fair and meaningful competition because females of higher testosterone have a higher chance than those with lesser testosterone, as I've told you, close quote, right? And so the effect of it is that uh, such athletics who have higher testosterone will have to reduce and then maintain their testosterone levels to no greater than uh, five mils or five nanomoles of some sort. And then if they want to compete uh, in, in, in those events with other women. And so, so particularly the context of it is that these rules um, have been introduced right after Casta Semenya becomes the fastest woman probably in the world, uh, for those of you who know the facts more than me. And so Parliament is saying, no, in actual fact, these rules are discriminating against and they're targeting Casta Semenya. They're very sexist and they have a racially dehumanizing element to them. And therefore, as a result, we, we do not condone them. And we are calling upon um, the international community uh, to assist us in impugning these rules and making sure that they do not become of effect. So that is the, that is the first story. And I think it resonates with most uh, of us in, in the country, particularly because we have rallied behind Casta Semenya in, in, his, in her role. But this is how you get to see or this is rather how you see the the law playing a role in people's lives um, by not just controlling them, but also imposing a standard of behavior.
um, that's it, it's yeah, that's where you are currently, low focus listener. The second story is about Mr. Mdudizi Manana, who is the the member of parliament of the African National Congress. Actually, what he has said is that he's going to lay extortion charges against um, his his domestic worker and her family because they have laid charges against him. So, Christine, Christine Wiro, uh, who is a Zimbabwean um, national but residing in South Africa, was a, was a domestic worker of Mr. Ndudizi Manana and has laid charges of assault against him. And this is followed by the assault that which happened at Cubana. So rather Mr. Manana is actually saying that this is profiling, that there are people who are rallying behind her, who are supporting her and giving her access to the media, comedi- media, media community so that she can be able to... Uh, to to make to play this role, and so therefore, as a result, she, he's arguing that uh, all of it is nonsense, and hence, hence, he's going to um, lay charges of extortion against her. So we wish him all the best in that case, and we hope to see it um, ensuing in a, at a later stage. For our final story, um, so the Department of Minerals Resources has failed to make a distinction between legal deprivation and physical deprivation of. Of 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 law, of land of rather mining rights, and this was argued in the Pretoria High Court uh, because the Amadiba Crisis Committee is arguing that the consent of a community is needed before the department can grant mining rights to any company. So that is the argument that is being made there by uh, Advocate uh, Tembaganuga Tobi on behalf of that body, but rather DMR lawyer is arguing something else. He's arguing that Vincent Maleka, I mean rather Vincent Maleka who's on behalf of DMR, argued that the award of a mining right cannot qualify as deprivation because the community would not experience any harm or loss if it were, it were to be exploited. And then he went on to say that the counsel for the opposing cannot argue that the community would be deprived just because mining rights were awarded to a particular company. So consent, consent may come into play at a later stage once the mining rights have been awarded and the implementation phase begins, but consent is not required to grant mining rights. So that is basically the dispute in that high court currently, and those are the legal hotspots for the week. You're still listening to Law Focus. Rounding up all, all the top stories of the week Legal Hotspots. Welcome back to your point of legal information. This is the show where we bring you legal arguments straight to your ear. And this evening we are talking self-representation. And, and I've just said that we are we are bringing you legal arguments straight to your ear. So if you you like arguing and you think you make a, for a strong, compelling case in court, uh, this should be your topic. Um, so as we've been saying to you this this evening, we're looking at the legal aid and its role in assisting people who do not afford legal services. Um, but rather we are also looking at, so should it happen that you don't want legal aid for some reasons? Uh, you may believe that you don't think that their, their services are of the star, the parity or the standard that which you require as, 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 as a client. And so you think that it's much better for you to go to court, apply for a recusal of your, of your, of, of your attorney and therefore you represent yourself or counsel in fact. Uh, I mean, think of cases where, you find yourself probably in a rape case, um, uh, yeah, which is a very difficult one to win anyway. Um, so you find yourself in that particular case and you are an accused. And therefore, you, 
you've, you're an accused and therefore therefore you you don't want your or your your lawyer to represent you and you think that you want to represent yourself and so that would mean that you would need to understand the principles which is which is a very interesting journey for you you need to understand all of the principles that need to be applied you need to have the muscle you need to have the resources to acquire all the evidence that you need to represent yourself and therefore then you can proceed to represent yourself but i know somebody out there can argue that but yeah well in those case in, in that particular case it may be far more difficult fair enough but there may be other cases where it's not as difficult maybe like divorce um where it's maybe the assets are not too high um in cases of sales where it's not all too expensive and so so how do you deal with that how do how would you re- represent yourself in that particular case how would you represent yourself in that particular case and i think that's that's what this evening we are talking about and hence we are bringing on board uh, from the legal aid uh, mr dennis masango who is a legal aid uh, south africa advice line manager of the national legal aid and he's going to speak to us about all of these issues uh, he's going to highlight to us why it's important for you to have a lawyer and also maybe speak speak how, on on whether it's doable that you can self represent yourself in court mr masango welcome to the show uh, thank you very much. Good evening, and good evening to your listeners. I mean, we we are we are not just honoured to have you on board, uh, but we are also privileged uh, because you are the ones. In actual fact, uh, most people don't even know that you are the biggest law firm in the country, um, and that you you represent each and every person out there who who doesn't have who doesn't afford legal legal I mean sorry uh, legal legal advice. And so, thank you. I mean, I think that was the point that I was making. But getting into it, uh, Mr. Masanga, you still online? Definitely, sir. Yeah, I mean, getting into it. I mean, tell us about, in brief, what is the role of the legal aid? Basically, the role of the legal aid is to provide legal advice and uh, legal representation and also provide legal education and information so that people are able to be empowered on issues that relate to law. And uh, through legal advice, we provide information when people have uh, problems that need to be assessed in terms of the law, they provide legal advice via our legal advice line, which is based in the national office, mm. which our footprint is national. Everyone can call within the corners of this country and call us and will provide advice on various aspects of the law. And subsequently, we can also, if the further attention is needed on the advice, for example, legal representation, We'll refer the client to our branches all over the country where they'll be able to take information and represent the individual or the the client in court. And we have outreach programs basically where we partner with some uh, stakeholders where we advise different communities on different aspects. Mm. For example, maintenance, for example, wars, for example, domestic violence, various aspects where we go into community centers 
and advised people. That is basically our, our mandate uh, as enshrined in the Constitution and the Legal Aid Act. That's basically what Legal Aid And uh, we do that without any charge. People are not supposed to pay anything. And uh, we are enjoined by the Constitution to provide free services, mostly to the indigent people who are unable to afford uh, fees that are, you know very well that sometimes they are very expensive. Now, as legal aid, we, we, we tap into that particular aspect because you must understand that in terms of the Constitution, or especially if you look at Section 35, in order for an individual to have a fair trial, legal representation should be there, more especially if there will be substantial, the person will suffer substantial injustice. So basically, it's, 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 it's a matter of being there for the litigant, being there for the person, and provide legal support at all times. And we are enjoyed by the law, basically. What is it doing? We are enjoyed by the law, and we have to basically assist people who are indigent. Yeah. And, uh, as, as, uh, yes, I'm listening. Yeah, I mean, so in bringing your role into the context of legal representation, I mean, I mean, as, so in, and I, I understand, I, I, look, and I don't know where you stand with this. Would you encourage people to represent themselves in court? I think that's where I should start. Hello? Basically, and, uh, when, 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 you, when the person appears, you know, we have a civil and a criminal system. Yeah. You know, and then on the criminal system, you must understand that you appear as an accused in court. And you understand once you appear as an accused, there are serious implications when you are found guilty. Mm. So it means you have a criminal record. Even if you don't go to prison, you have a criminal record, which has serious implications in terms of your future. For example, finding employment, being appointed as possibly as a director or whatever. Uh, or even if you are convicted, going to jail. Now, it is peremptory that whenever a person appears in court, legal aid must be provided. Mm-hmm. Or a person must apply for legal representation. The magistrate or the judge will ask you three questions. Whether you want to represent yourself. Or you want to bring an attorney that you will pay for yourself for legal representation. Mm. Or you want the state to provide you with an attorney that you will not pay. Now, people think sometimes that, uh, no, I'm innocent. I don't have, uh, I don't know anything about these charges. I'm going to represent myself and it's very easy. And I'm going to basically tell the magistrate what happened. I'm going to tell the judge what happened. They will believe me. They think the process is as easy as that. It's not advisable most of the time for a person and accused to conduct his own defense. I mean, earlier on, you've mentioned that the process is Achumbasa because mm-hmm. they need a person that is skilled in law. The person that has studied law, the person that has trained about the law, the person that needs, knows about the processes in the court. Mm. And also, unfortunately, the accused does not know the process. He might think that he knows. Because if we are being represented, it means we are shifting the burden to the expert that is able to deal with the court processes. So it's, 
basically there are minor minor cases where the accused can represent himself for example in order to expedite the matter if for example you are charged with shoplifting and the amount is negligible for example 10 rand you 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 you, you, you will appear in court obviously and for you, you might say it's going to be inconvenient for matter to be postponed because at the end of the day, I have stolen. There is sufficient evidence. Even if I'm represented, I'm going to be found guilty. Let me plead guilty on my first appearance so that I don't spend time coming to court. If, for example, I apply for a, co- a, a lawyer or I bring a lawyer, the case will be postponed and I'm going to come to court now and then. Rather, deal with the matter because there's no danger that you will be incarcerated. The court will not send you to jail. The only thing that maybe the sentence that will come would be possibly a suspended sentence or a minor fine, mm. which you can conduct yourself. It, it's not cumbersome. It's very, what I'm saying is that it's very limited cases where you can be able to defend yourself in order to expedite the matter. However, most of the cases that appear to court are very serious cases. And they need somebody. For example, you'll appear to court for a rape case or a murder case or a, a serious malicious injury, I mean malicious damage to property or a malicious injury, a bodily injury to a person where you have inflicted serious injuries to an individual, you will have to come for a bail application. In the murder case, what was the intention? You will have to basically, the state prosecutor will say, no bail. This is a Schedule 6 offense. It means if it's a Schedule 6 offense, the burden shifts on you as an accused to convince the court and provide the court with what we call exceptional circumstances as to why you need to be released on bail. Yeah. Now, as a lay person, as an accused, are you able to provide the reasons to the court, for example, that you are not a flight risk, that you you, 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 you did not commit, the, uh, the state does not have sufficient evidence? Those processes, you are not able to do that as an accused. Yeah, and, 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 and I mean... I mean, Mr. Masango, yes. and I, what I'm what I'm picking up from you right now is that you're saying that because of the the le- the legal knowledge that you may require to conduct uh, the, your, your your trial, um, it's not advisable for you to do it yourself. But what what about in the event where Basil is is a is an LLB graduate and and he's fi- he find he finds himself in that situation and he says no, but I know the law, I know all of these requirements that are required from me, and I feel I can do this thing. Would you advise that he continues? You see, you said, I feel I can do this thing. It's not about feelings. <laughs> it's about practical experience. Okay. You see, you it's not like you are, you are, you are looking in a TV in Murphy's Law. You know, <laughs> you have seen a lot of uh, 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 trials in, in, in the movies. You think that you are competent. We are talking about competence. And competency, okay. you acquire it through trial and error. Through experience, you must understand that when we are there in court as a, as, as a legal representative, we are also an officer of the court. Mm. You work with what we call court officials or officers of the court on a daily basis. 
you have a rapporteur with the prosecutor, with the interpreter, with the magistrate's court. Because you appear for every day. It's like we are a family. Now, they will be enjoyed to be less arrogant towards you as, an, as, as, as a legal representative. You know, mm. they will be in a position to sympathize with you on certain aspects. So but even if you've, you've, you've got your qualification, that's why you have to go, go through what we call uh, articles of section where you work under a qualified attorney or qualified advocate, bringing you on board about the skill, how to negotiate with the prosecutor, how to do what we call a plea bargaining, mm. how to read a docket. What is it that you want within the docket? How to interpret evidence? How do you cross-examine without implicating a science? Those things are learned by trial and error and by experience. So you and I have reached an agreement, Mr. Masango, that... It's 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 not advisable for anyone anyone to handle their own case if if it's a big case and they're not uh, qualified lawyers, right? But it it also moves into why is it that when you are in small claims court you you are required to self represent yourself as a standard procedure? Yeah, in small claims court, it's basically mainly on civil matter. Yeah, and uh, it's not a criminal. It does not have jurisdiction on criminal matter. It only focuses on civil matters, and civil matters in order not to trust the magistrate court. And the small claims court was catered for small issues, mm. you know, and issues that can be... But what is the jurisdiction? What is the jurisdiction amount? Because small issues are a bit vague. What is the jurisdiction amount of a small well, claims well, court? Well, 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 if, 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 if you have a claim which is not more than 15,000 okay. then you can bring it to the small claims court. And yeah. most Small claims commissioners are attorneys and advocates that are in private practice, mm. or basically, for example, working for legal aid. Then, at their time after hours, they go to serve as commissioners. Mm. They look at smaller issues that can be expeditiously adjudicated. You understand that, so that people don't at all times uh, 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 expend money on smaller issues. Mm. So, so would you say there's, there's no there's no cross examination in a small claims court, or rather, the cross examination is done by the commissioner? You must understand in in, in in a small claims court, the formalities like in the magistrate's court are not there. Okay. You see, for example, uh, 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 exchange of documents, pleadings, all those processes that are formal, they are dispensed with in the small claims court. It's like uh, 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 the court, and you are sitting there, I'm presenting my case, here's the chief there, and then say, uh, uh, you stole my bicycle. No, I didn't steal your bicycle. And the magistrate will, I mean, the commissioner will listen, and on a balance of probability, then say, ah, you have proven your case. Then I say, okay, give him his bicycle. Oh, you owe, me, you owe him 5,000 rand. Here is the receipt. He proves that he deposited yeah. the money. Why didn't you deliver them? You know, that expeditiously, so, without involving any amount. So, most of the complexities of the magistrate and the high court are dispensed with. But you have an opportunity when, for example, what you call a, a, a claimant or a complainant or a plaintiff, when it presents the case, obviously, uh, fairness dictates that you have to question him or her. 
mm. you know, about the veracity of his claim, you know, and to also, you also have to be questioned so that uh, 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 the presiding officer can get the whole picture as to what transpired. Yeah, because, and I mean, <laughs> Mr. Masangu, I heard you saying that most of the formalities of a magistrate's court and a high court are dispensed with. I think somebody out there would get very uncomfortable because wouldn't you say that principles of natural justice would still have to apply nonetheless? That's what I'm saying, that yeah. principles of natural justice are there. Principles entail that you hear the other side. We call it arterium partem rule. It's applicable. It means if the plaintiff presents his case, then the defendant must present also his or her case. Yeah, and, and then... That case, that case must be tested. That cross-examination, it means it must be tested by questioning, you know, and uh, in a simple manner, because uh, 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 the issues of objection, your honor, the issues of this, you know, they did not follow this, they are dispensed with. Okay. It's like an informal uh, uh, gathering where you just want to ventilate on the issues on the table. We are telling the story, we are telling in an informal manner. Yeah, and Mr. Masango, I mean, you also yes. mentioned pleadings. And I think when you said pleadings, I also got very uncomfortable because, I mean, so one of the disadvantages that... Uh, um, that that you've noted is that if somebody does does not have knowledge of legal terminologies and court proceedings mm. and and all of these developments, they may find themselves getting into trouble. So, for example, with pleadings, what would you tell us about pleadings uh, if somebody does not know how to draft the pleading? For example, maybe a particulars of claim or some as, 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 uh, um, even in a liquid document. What would be the consequences of of a failure thereof to draft the uh, particulars of claim? That's an important aspect. For example, I'm a lay person, I receive summons. Mm. You know, when I receive summons, I must file a notice to defend in a specific time. And once I file a notice to defend, after that, I must file a plea. And then, then a counterclaim, if I have a counterclaim, those are the pleadings. And if I file a notice to defend, the other party might say, no, you don't have a, a defense. You are putting a defense solely for the sake of delaying the matter. Then he filed what we call a summary judgment. And I'm a lay person, I don't know those things. Mm. And I will be forced to go to a, 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 a legally trained person to say, listen, now I know that I've read from internet, Google, and say, if you receive someone, file a notice to defend. Mm. But the question, what is it that you are defending? Mm. You know, how do I draft my, my defense? You know, and without being saying my defense is fake, it does not disclose. Uh, any defense, mm. or I'm doing it for a purpose of, of, of delaying then the summary judgment, and how do I oppose the summary judgment? That's another aspect, you mm. know, and if you are not legally trained, and uh, let's say you pass those hurdles, there's no application for summary judgment, you file your plea with the assistance, obviously it will, you will trust you the, the way you know I'm responding. I deny, I deny, I deny, I deny. You deny everything, <laughs> and you know, that everything because you don't understand the pleading mm. and at the end of the day there's what we call uh, uh, at the end of the pleadings there's what you call request for further particular yeah discover you know all those pleadings they discover uh, then you said but they said you must discover we have failed to discover mm. there's what now we call interlocal application mm. it means the applications within the case while it's continuing you did not comply with the rules of the court. You're a lay person, you don't know this thing. Now you expect the presiding officer or the other party 
to, 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 to have compassion for you. The other party has appointed a lawyer and is paid. And they will file an exception. They will file an exception. They will file an exception. Mm. I mean, so in closing, Mr. Masangu, as Legal Aid SA, um, would you advise people to apply for you or to go and self-represent themselves? We are here to provide the services. Mm. And the services that we are providing, we don't charge people. Mm. And it is a constitutional imperative that we must assist. Obviously, within the available resources, more especially on civil matters, we can't take, we have a means test, you know, but on criminal matters, uh, uh, we are enjoined to, 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 to represent people. You understand? Even if you are a foreigner, you appear in court, you have committed, we don't have money, we have to defend you. Mm. And I said, we don't discriminate, but on issues of civil matters, we have certain means test to check we are qualified. And foreigners, unless it's asylum, seekers, refugees, we can assist. But foreigners are not assisted with civil. But in any case, we say people should utilize our services. We have competent lawyers who have trained. We have well-resourced uh, 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 e-library where we constantly engage in case discussions, where we constantly engage in discussion forum, updating ourselves with the law, engaging in discussion. You must understand our practitioners are in court almost every day. Mm. What kind of experience is there? It's invaluable. Mm. So people should utilize them and uh, they can call our advice line to get further information. Our advice yeah. line number is 0800 110 110. I repeat, 0800 110 one and they, they can send they can send the again? please call me they can send the please call me to 079-835-7179 079-835-7179 send the please call there and that was mr dennis masango who is a legal aid sa advice line manager at the national office of the legal aid south africa mr masango thank you for your invaluable contribution this evening i thank you for the opportunity you're still listening to Law Focus. Law Focus Podcast. Welcome back to Law Focus, the show where we still bring you legal arguments straight to your ear. And I'm your guardian of the law, Basil Shirenda, and we're still discussing self-representation, the advantages thereof and the disadvantages. I mean, I'm already heated. The studio is heated. We are in the context of Bramfontein. Outside is cold. In here, it's heated. And on the line, we have Mr. Thea Mapeto, uh, who is a finding partner of Mapeto Attorneys, and he's going to discuss, the, uh, to discuss this thing further with us. Mr. Mapeto, welcome. Good evening. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I mean, uh, we 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 are in the midst of things. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for being with us. I can tell. Yeah, yeah, and so we are discussing self-representation, and so uh, the point of it is that we are talking about whether it's advantageous or whether it's disadvantageous. Can you do it? Can you not do it? When, how, and why? So, I mean, and this is where you come in. So we want to know that... I mean, in, 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 let me start with the most important question. Would you advise people to self-represent represent them in, in, themselves in court? You know, just to answer, to answer your question, I'm reminded of um, a quotation that is attributed to, I think, the 16th president of the United States, uh, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln, yeah. um, when, when he said that uh, a lawyer who represents himself has a fool for a client. Um, 
<laughs> Abraham Lincoln himself was 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 a lawyer, so he understood only too well the the disadvantages of of having a lawyer. Uh, Can you please repeat that for the benefit of my listener? Well, it says a lawyer who represents himself has a full for a client. For a client. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Theo. <laughs> Continue. Yes. That's very interesting. I yeah. mean, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 just to start, the, the point of departure basically is that um, our, our law uh, guarantees that um, uh, people who want to represent themselves can represent themselves. I mean, if you talk about the, uh, within the context of criminal law, for instance, uh, you would realize that when you first appear in a criminal court, the magistrate or the judge will tell you of a number of rights, one of which is to, to talk for yourself or to represent yourself. Mm. But the presiding officer would also hasten to add that it's not advisable especially when you are a lay person to represent yourself because you see when when you when you're dealing with issues that involve yourself you are bound to get emotions involved and in law it's very very important that there is a measure of some emotional detachment when mm. you're dealing with issues that involve yourself so the overriding, the, the over, overarching advice that we always give is that if you have a matter that involves you, involves you personally, the best, the best thing that you can do for yourself is to seek professional, proper legal advice. And, and I am sure that you'd be assisted correctly if you yourself are not emotionally involved in the in the matter so i mean so what i'm picking up from you mr mapeto is that you are saying that once once i mean this is your case and and your life is on the line or whatever assets of yours are on the line and and so because of that it's very difficult for you to make an objective um an objective reasoning around it i think that's your point indeed and and so i mean it's it's almost like a, a physician uh going under the knife and uh, and uh, make uh, and uh, treating himself uh, or or operating on himself it's almost impossible um so so the same analogy uh, can be drawn uh, in relation to to a lawyer um if if it's if it's a if it's a matter that involves yourself there's no way that your emotions cannot be impacted upon so, so it's important, as as I'm saying, it's important to make sure that you you detach yourself from 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 the matter, um, and and bring some professional perspective to bear uh, in order to solve in in order to solve whatever problem that you have. And so, would you draw a line, or rather, would you would you would your advice be bifurcate for some reason? when we look at the binary of civil the, the civil system and the criminal system well um, um as i'm saying in in criminal matters um, for for instance um the presiding officer either a judge in the high court or a magistrate in the in the in the lower court in the magistrate court they will advise you that you have that right to to represent yourself so so the, the position is clear there is nothing in law that prohibits you from representing yourself 
But when you when you go to uh, civil matters, for instance, um, it's it's fairly difficult for for a lay person to prosecute their own case um, because um, a civil case is much more involved and 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 it uh, it requires some knowledge of the law, uh, substantive law and proced- procedural law, for instance. I mean, if you go to court, there are some rules of court in accordance with which the, the matter has to be prosecuted. Mm. So if you don't know about the rules, um, if you don't know when to, if, it's a, if you are the defendant in a matter, you don't know when and how you have to plead to a summons, you might, you might find yourself uh, prejudiced. Um, not because you don't have a case, but because you did not uh, follow the, the procedure. Your, uh, follow the procedure. Because they can raise an exception. So it, well, they can raise an exception. I'm, 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 I'm happy you, you, you have some, some working knowledge of the law. They can raise an exception. And then you would have uh, some difficulty crossing that hurdle. So, so that's, that's when you, you end up saying that you've lost a case on technicalities. Yeah. Uh, because you did not, uh, you did not follow the, the rules of court. But I mean, somebody, somebody so, else can argue that, I mean, especially when it comes to legal knowledge, that, I mean, Basil Shirenda is a, is a master student, has completed an LLB, and he knows so much about the requirements of a Bailey hearing, for example. And therefore, as a result, he feels that he can, he can do this thing. So what stops him? Well, I, I don't particularly like, like the example. Um, I'll tell you why I'm saying that. Mm. Uh, because, uh, you see, uh, the practice of law is a different kettle of fish. Mm. Uh, that's why um, you, 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 people find it very difficult uh, to, to survive uh, in, in, in practice because what you necessarily read in the books is not uh, as simple. Does not turn out to be simple in in, in, in practice. Um, so 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 for for instance, let's say you are a, a master student. Um, the the fact of the matter is that you might have some knowledge of the substantive law. Mm. So uh, what you've learned in the textbooks, for instance, mm. but you might have uh, some difficulty uh, applying the procedural law. Um, what normally obtains or what normally is practice um, in, in the field. Mm. Um, that is not to, because I've got to be very clear about this, that, that is not to discourage people from uh, prosecuting their own cases. It is just to add that caveat that okay. it's, uh, it's, it's difficult. difficult. Be away. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, be, be away. So, I mean, so we've drawn the, the bifurcation between the, we've, we've drawn, drawn the bifurcation between the criminal law and the civil law. And so you've spoken about in the criminal law how emotions can, can overcome you. But what about smaller cases? Like, for, for example, somebody has stolen uh, 12,5 of, of, of sunflower. Um, or yeah. maize meal, and and so here's a case before the court. It's, it's a small document of like twenty pages, and they can handle it themselves. What about that? Yes. Well, when you're talking about small cases, I want us to to sort of draw a distinction between uh, small cases in, within the context of criminal law, um, in the manner that you 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 just alluded to, and small cases in the context of cases that go to the small claims court. But let me deal with the first category of of cases. 
um, in criminal law, uh, for, for instance. The, the fact of the matter is that irrespective of the size of the allegations against you, mm. the worst case scenario is that you might be convicted. Now, um, um, you might be convicted if it's a small uh, matter, uh, you might uh, probably not end up in, in the cells. So, so in, in terms of sentencing, for instance, you might probably not be uh, sentenced to imprisonment. But the fact of the matter is that you would have a criminal conviction, a criminal record against you. So it's not to be taken lightly. Shoplifting could have as dire consequences as murder from from a point of view where you have a criminal record. Mm. Um, You would know, for instance, those of you who are studying law, that uh, upon completion of your studies, you then have to apply to court to be admitted as an attorney or as an advocate. Mm. One of the things that courts look at before they admit before they admit you to practice law is the question whether you are a fit and proper person. Yes. And if you have a criminal record that might probably act to your disadvantage. Yes. But that's the first category of uh, of small 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 matters. There is a another but, 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 small, I'm sorry, sorry, I need to interject. Yeah. So I need to understand, yeah. what is your advice there? So here's a small case of a son of, of maize meal, and this person thinks they can handle it themselves. Would you advise that they continue or not? As a rule of thumb, I would not advise people to, to represent themselves. Um, to, to represent themselves. Um, what, what I would advise is, is that people have to obtain legal advice. Um, they have to to make sure that they get some legal representation. For, um, for, 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 for reasons um, that, that you would appreciate, our constitution guarantees um, uh, that, that people uh, should, uh, should get legal representation. If you don't have money, for instance, you, you may want to consider applying to the legal aid um, um, in which case a lawyer would be presented to you mm. um, at the cost of the state. So it's always important uh, as a rule of thumb for me that people uh, should always get a lawyer. Get, uh, get, get some legal representation. Okay, let's move to the second category of the civil, civil, small, small civil cases. Yes, well, um, in, in cases that um, are small, as, as you say. This, these are cases that involve uh, um, an amount of 15,000 rent or less. Mm. Um, um, the law provides that those people may take their cases to the small claims court. The small claims court is a, a forum that um, helps uh, people um, who do not necessarily have legal representation. In fact, um, it's, it's a, a provision that you don't have to be represented to prosecute a case in the, in the small claims court. Uh, a typical example, for instance, is when a friend, a friend of yours owes you 14,000 rent or 15,000 rent and doesn't want to pay. Mm. You don't have to involve a lawyer 
precisely because uh, very often when you involve a lawyer, you may end up paying uh, more or uh, essentially the same amount that you are claiming. Yeah, uh, which, which wouldn't make uh, sense. From, which wouldn't make sense. Yeah. So it's a salutary development that caters for for a speedy resolution of of uh, of disputes. In your opinion, is it functional? Uh, it's functional. I happen to be a, a small claims commissioner, commissioner. myself. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So 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 it, it's quite functional. Uh, people, uh, you see, the problem um, that that I have often encountered is that people complain about the inefficiencies in the system, but without testing the system. Mm, I hear what you say. Uh, yeah, so 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 it, it's quite functional uh, in the Johannesburg uh, area, for instance. You have the small claims court that sits in in Hillbrow, and you also have a small claims court that sits in Randbeck. Um, I think you also have one that sits in in Protea Glen. I mean, look, uh, Mister. Mr. Mr. Mapeto, you have mentioned a couple of things. You've mentioned how people get, become emotional in their own cases. You've mentioned um, the issue of, of legal knowledge. It's very important to sharpen your legal knowledge. I mean, I mean, so and, and out of all of that, I, I, I think that my final question is suiting for the closing. In your advice, as a founding partner of Mapeto Attorneys, as an attorney of the High Court, as a commissioner of the Small Claims Court, would you advise people to represent themselves um, in instances where you've identified difficulty? I will strongly advise against people representing themselves. Okay. Um, I will advise people to uh, look for legal representation. It's uh, often quite expensive. If the people don't have money, then they have all sorts of organizations that would help, help them. Legal Aid is one of them. You have Pro Bono. You have the Vets Law Clinic and, and many other organizations that are willing to help people who are indigent. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, to add on to that, there are many other legal, uh, le- I mean, sorry, law clinics um, in the country, yes. in whatever region, at, at, at the university, at Rhodes University, UCT, yes. UNISA, UP, every yes. university actually has a law clinic to assist people. And that is Mr. Theo, Theo Mapeto, a founding partner of Mapeto Attorneys. Thank you for your contribution this evening. Much appreciated. You're still listening to Law Focus. Law Focus. Point, point of information. It's still Law Focus and I'm your guardian of the law for the evening. I mean, we've spoken to two lawyers and they've made, they've made a strong argument against representing yourself. Um, in, 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 I mean, in the context of big cases, it's very important that this is very highlighted. But I mean, so on a lighter note, we have a South African-born couple that resides in the United States of America, and and they they were, they went by an alias called uh, Mama D, and so they represented themselves in the in the, in the small claims court, and they actually won their case. Listen to what they have to say. Okay, so we are so excited. We just won our small claims court case. And it went so well. The people were suing us for something uh, that we never agreed to. And so we decided not to settle with them. We decided we'll just fight it in court. And we won. And we are so excited. Uh, We won big. The case was dismissed. And now we are going home. We don't have to pay them a dime. Okay, so... What did we learn from this case? We learned that sometimes when people threaten you and you have the facts on your side, you have to just 
give it a, a shot. They threaten us. We even tried to settle because we were thinking we just don't have time to go to this uh, small claims court. And we honestly didn't know what the process is like, what's needed. We just uh, gathered as much evidence as we had against them. And, um, and I was a witness, basically. He was the defendant. But the point is, we could have, you know, like, um, we could have paid the whole amount, but instead we ended up paying zero because we knew the facts were on our, on our side. So overall, this was a, an experience for us because we had never done anything like this. And uh, we're grateful that things turned out to our favor. We're also grateful for you that you were able to win your case, but I'm not sure if you were to, you're going to be able to do the same in a voluminous um, um, criminal court case in the High Court, or rather an appeal at the Supreme Court of Appeal, where you're required to have a very strong um, common law understanding. And I think that's what, especially Mr. Dennis Masango was saying, that if you don't have a strong knowledge of the law, you're going to tumble and you're going to tumble at the beginning when when you still have to you still receive a summons and you have to draft a notice of intention to defend and then you have to draft a, 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 a response and so in your response you end up you end up denying things you're not even supposed to deny like your address <laughs> and then it goes and it, it goes for embarrassment and they they file an exception and that exception goes with a vexation and that vexation actually actually throws your whole case off the roll and they get a summary judgment you lose your your whole entire case and whereas you may have probably won on the merits right and and i think that that is something that he stressed very importantly he also stressed on what i'm saying about the voluminous um voluminous common law knowledge that which requires years and years of study but even for people who may claim or oh well i studied law and i know all of these things i know as this is masia and i know how to handle my bail case in court i understand section 64 of the criminal procedure act well mr theo mapetu says well that's not even the case because you can be emotional and because you're emotional you can't make an objective uh, argument in court and then therefore as a result uh, you you mess up your entire case because of that, right? Uh, and 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 that's the lesson for the day. That in big cases, let's not represent ourselves. Let's get lawyers. We the state has provided le- legal assistance in the form of legal aids, in the form in the form of legal aid South Africa, and in the form of law clinics, so that we can get the best. Um, Mr. Mr. Masango called it um, called it experience. Uh, when I was telling him about a graduate of an LLB and he said, but you still lack the practical experience. And th- and that to me was very important, right? Because at the end of the day, law is practice. It's not intelligence. It's not, it's not all of that. It's practice. It's understanding, okay, this is where the law is. This is where the jurisprudence is. This is how the jurisprudence can be developed. And this is how the jurisprudence can be interpreted. And all of that requires years and years of reading and understanding, years or years of practicing and learning on the job. And you require that for big cases. But otherwise, both lawyers have endorsed that in small cases, you are, in fact, in a small claims court, you are going to represent yourself because it doesn't make sense to claim for 14,000 rents when you're going to pay a lawyer more than 14,000 rents. It doesn't make sense. But also because these are small these are small matters where you just have a receipt that proves that I bought this um, 
I bought this vrupa and this person is not is not delivering and therefore I want my I want my vrupa now right it's clear it's straightforward or if you don't have a receipt then we, we the court will use the resources that they have to to get into the resources of that of the company to get that receipt to prove that that's your vrupa and life goes on but in big cases please law focus listener um do get representation uh legal aid can be um can, can, if if you do qualify within the means test of the legal aid, uh, always know that you're going to get the assistance in the civil, in the civil matters and in criminal matters you, it's compulsory. They, they will always provide you with assistance as long as you tell the you tell the uh, the presiding officer on the first day that you want the lawyer. Uh, and they can be contacted on zero eight hundred one ten one ten and you can send the please call me on zero seven nine eight three five seven one seven nine. I mean. Um, uh, from our technical producer, Mr. Kutwano Gwinch Serame, our producer, Ms. Bulali Jakobu, and from me, it's law, it's serious. Good evening. Law Focus, handing you your rights. Law Focus Podcast.